his karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. Hi-ya! And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams, thanks for everything, mom and dad, will always be worth it. Apply today at PenFed.org savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. US Q3 2023. 97.1 FM Talk Podcast. Well, good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Get rolling here for a Thursday edition of the show. A little quiet in the studio, Fred, because Sue is off for a few days. Yeah, that's uh, going to be fun. Fred loves that, though, because he gets to tackle. I mean, he almost begs Sue to a certain extent. Can you take some more days off? Because I'd love to do Sue's news, and you're going to be in charge of that here this afternoon. Jane's going to take care of it tomorrow, though, right? Right. We hope. Right. We, we haven't I've seen Jane you. in a couple of weeks, actually, no, right? she's had two weeks out. Goodness, that's going to be fun tomorrow. We've got a roundtable, and we have plenty to uh, to talk about. But, yeah, so, you know, Sue's going down to Houston to visit her brother, Jeff. I've met Jeff. I've actually played golf with him. He's very good. And um, they're going to try. Yeah. So my son lives there. And this is I don't know if I told you this, but they're going to there's a restaurant that my son works at called Squabble. And uh, his chef and he's actually training to be this is so weird because the kid got a communications degree from Mizzou and was doing a lot of you know video work and then sort of was trying to stay afloat in the restaurant industry and has really come to have a passion for it. But anyway, the point is, is that his chef at Squabble was nominated yesterday for James Beard Award. Wow. We had several local chefs around here, you know, also nominated. But yeah, I thought that was pretty cool. Is he studying under him? I I think... I don't know if you can call it officially, but look, Fred, I don't get a lot, I don't get as much information from my kids as you get from your two sons, so I'm trying to piece it together. But I think that was cool. But then, of course, we didn't plan very well because I told Sue, I'm like, well, when are you going to go? And she wants to go when my son is there, and that's going to be Saturday. He's off the next two days. He works, you know, 10, 12-hour shifts, so he doesn't work every day of the week. And um, they couldn't get a reservation until early Saturday. Well, it's actually really early, 4.45 on Saturday afternoon. Sue said, if that's what I can you know, take, I'll, I'll, I'll go at that time. But I'm trying to work a little angle to get her a better reservation. But she'll be back, I think, on Tuesday. Tuesday. Right. Yeah, she's off today and tomorrow and then, of course, on Monday. Um, I did mention the roundtable. We got that going tomorrow. Jane will be here. Steve Butts, State Representative David Barklage, who's a Republican consultant. We'll have Paul Hall in entertainment. Kusumano will be here. Also very much looking forward. You know, uh, during the holidays, Fred, you know this, when we did some of the best of stuff, we aired an interview from Bud Hedicky. Am I pronouncing that right? Hedicky. I hope so. Hedicky, yeah. Bud was, um, and he's, how old is he now? He's 98. He turns 99 on May 26th. Unbelievable. 98 years old. He was 97 when he visited with us. We did Fish Fry Fridays last year, and Bud came out to the one, I think, in O'Fallon, and he had just been back from... Touring was he at Normandy he or was where over was he? Belgium, I think. Yeah, he because he flew. Here's the deal. Here's the time. He's an Air Force fighter fighter pilot from World War II. He flew missions. There is a brand new series that's from you know 
Spielberg and Tom Hanks, same producers that did Bands, Band of Brothers in the Pacific. They're doing a new show that's on Apple TV Plus that debuts tomorrow that's called Masters of Air. And Bud's very excited because I think that he, I'm not going to tell you that he consulted on it, but I know that they talked to him and they interviewed him. So technically, I think he did consult for it and shared his stories. But Fred, you know this. We, we did like a, an 18-minute interview with Bud. And it was amazing. We re-aired that during the Christmas week. I think it's uh, so inspirational. You know, one of the things I asked him about was just how, sadly, young people in this country don't seem to have the same, you know, love for America that some of us did, and they don't appreciate the sacrifices. So I'm going to try to squeeze in a little bit of Masters of Air before I get to work tomorrow. I haven't had a chance to preview it yet, but hopefully we're going to have him on tomorrow night. I was talking with his daughter just a little bit ago. And she says it's 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 so cute that he's so excited about this documentary coming out, this docu-series, that she he has asked her several times to keep checking the TV to make sure they have Apple Plus. Oh, really? And, and, and like today, he's like, do we still have it? Yeah. No, like, yeah, I, yeah, Dad, we still got it. Well, you know what was funny about it? And I shared this. I think it was when I was listening back to the interview during the week between Christmas and New Year's when we aired it. And it was clearly one of the best interviews we did last year. I mean, right. everybody, it was one of those, and I think we said at the time, if you were listening that afternoon when we were out at the fish fry, you did not get out of your car because this guy, first of all, at 98 years old, he was so sharp and he's sharing his stories. And he broke out into song at one point. He did, that's right. That's right. But so right around that time, I remembered seeing the um, the trailer for Masters of the Air. And he talked about it during the interview. So I was already aware of Masters of the Air, and I didn't put two and two together. I'm pretty good at that, Fred. You know me for a long time. <laughs> and then when I heard Bud talking about it, so that's going to be exciting. He's got some amazing stories to share, and, you know, there's not a lot of folks that did what he did that are still around, if we're if we're being honest here and saying, right. saying the obvious. So we got a lot to get to here this afternoon. Uh, interesting news in Canada. Look, there, I'm going to juxtapose something here with what's happening with the, the Red State Rebellion and what's happening in Canada. It's one of the bigger stories up there right now because you remember, this goes back a couple of years with the truckers' strike up there, and then Trudeau and his government kind of clamped down with this Emergencies Powers Act, and their court up there, and Canada's very different from the U.S. How do I describe this? Well, we have freedom, and they do not in Canada. It, sometimes it's it's really shocking to me when I see things that happen in Canada that I think would be more prone to maybe China <laughs> or, or Australia. I don't know. It's It's amazing. Here again, I don't think we appreciate the freedoms we have in this country. But Sean Newman does a podcast up there, and um, did you see Tucker Carlson last no, night? No, I didn't. Sean hosted part of this, I think. But Tucker Carlson filled a stadium last night. In I can't remember what I, I don't want to say the city because I'm not sure if it was right. in Ontario or, you know, Toronto. I don't really know the difference, Fred. I can't really pin down my I do. I know they're two different cities. What I'm saying is right. I'm right. not good at the Canadian geography as they're probably not good with. Um, if we went up to Toronto today and said, hey, put put a pin on the map. Where is St. Louis? They couldn't do it either. So I don't feel too bad about I that. Know. We, we, I know. I hit Toronto by going past. Niagara Falls. Yeah. Just keep going. Up. Yeah, that that's it basically. But we'll uh, we'll check in with Sean here in just a little bit. We got Paul Morrow on a couple of cases this afternoon, the four o'clock hour. This whole thing with the Chiefs fans in Kansas City is just bizarre, and I think it's getting even more bizarre. It's getting weirder. We talked about that. You had um, three guys that left a party. This was the last regular season game of the year. It was very cold. They leave this dude's apartment, and then they died in his backyard, and they found him like two days later. And there's a lot of questions about that. There's also questions about this young woman in California who was found guilty of stabbing her boyfriend like 109 times after having some sort of psychotic 
episode on weed, and the jury found her guilty, and the judge sentenced her to probation. Probation. That's it. hundred. How do you even, you know, we're doing the math on this. How do you even stab someone that many times? You know how long that would take, Fred? No. She also stabbed herself in the neck and, you know, tried to harm herself. It's a weird case. Paul's going to weigh in on that in the next hour. we got Jennings coming up today and Patrick Carroll, who's with the Foundation for Economic Freedom. But let me get to the Red State Rebellion. You know, one of the questions I think I have as we get started here this afternoon is I, I, I don't know where— uh, I don't know where Mike Parson is, our governor of Missouri, on this particular story, because it's baffling to me that he has not weighed in. And this all, you know, deals with this ruling from the Supreme Court. Greg Abbott's going to make a point here, and and I think this is important because, and I tried to do this when we talked about it earlier this week. This was not a case. Who do we have on? Who was our constitutional expert on this? This was Brad who weighed in on this, wasn't it, Fred, on Tuesday, Brad Young? And he made this point where— this was not a case that went before the Supreme Court in the form of arguments and they made a ruling. That That's not what happened here. It just lifted the injunction against the Border Patrol from cutting the razor wire in Texas. Governor Abbott is not having any of it right now. He has now ordered more razor wire along the border. The Texas National Guard is putting it up and the Democrats... Hair is on fire right now. The progressives, they can't stand this right now. And we've been hearing today that there's talk of possibly the federal government taking over the Texas Guard. Right, because this administration is going to fight back as well. It's it's really funny when you look at people out there like uh, Congressman Greg Cesar, who's a Democrat, and Joaquin Castro. uh, Joaquin Castro's outraged. Governor Abbott is using the Texas National Guard to obstruct and create chaos at the border. If Abbott is defying the Supreme Court ruling, POTUS needs to establish sole federal control of the Texas National Guard. This is a guy, by the way, Joaquin Castro. He wanted the National Guard to come in on January 6th. So you look from some inconsistency, that's what you're going to get. We've also heard from Beta O'Rourke today, Fred. How long has it been since we've had a Beta O'Rourke sighting? Abbott is using the Texas Guard to defy a Supreme Court ruling. When Governor Faubus did this in 1957, Eisenhower federalized the Arkansas Guard to ensure compliance with the law. Biden must follow this example of bold, decisive leadership to end this crisis before it gets worse. So now you have um, a bunch of red state governors, Ron DeSantis among them, Glenn Youngkin in Virginia. Um, You have the, uh, well, I'm just going to go down the map here because I I have the updated map and there's something missing. Uh, Montana, North Dakota, South Dakota, Nebraska, Wyoming, Idaho, Utah, Texas, Oklahoma, Arkansas, Louisiana, Alabama, Georgia, Florida, West Virginia, Virginia. All of the governors of those red states have weighed in to show support for Texas. Our governor in Missouri has not. So I, I don't. Now, maybe that's not Mike Parsons thing, right? He's also not running for Elections, not running for re-election. So there's maybe a political advantage there that he doesn't really care. But this is an important issue right now. And I think much of the country cares about it. And this is a standoff that could really, really get interesting in the next coming days. So here's what Governor Abbott says. If you look at what the Supreme Court actually issued, they didn't write any type of opinion. All they did was to vacate a Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals order and to send it back to the Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals. It's two sentences. There, There was no opinion about anything, about razor wire or what Texas is doing or anything like that. Uh, and But that point aside, regardless of what federal statute may exist, the supremacy, the supremacy clause means that the Constitution itself is the supreme law of the land. The Constitution itself provides Texas with a right of self-defense in this case because the United States has abandoned its responsibility 
to defend Texas. Absolutely. You go, Greg Abbott. I fully support this. And and let's just be honest. It's just ridiculous that KJP and even had um, our vice president sitting down with Katie Couric trying to say that, you know, the Republicans just are not willing to do anything and take action on this. How about start closing down the border? Then we'll have discussions. Overwhelming portion of this country, including Democrats, agrees that it's out of control right now. Now, when it comes to Biden, he's always been for open borders, right? Joe Biden has, from the time he took office, he actually during the time that he was campaigning, he had no intent to secure the border. He talked about open border policies during the campaign, and now he's allowed open border policies with Kennedy, most Americans, not even knowing what that meant. But now the people in New York knows what it means. Now the people in Chicago knows what it means. People That's across right. the country yeah. are having to experience what open borders mean. Bill, I'll, I'll tell you this. Most incumbents don't lose elections. They get fired, and they get fired because they're doing a bad job. So let me go to that interview with Katie Couric in Kamala, because Katie certainly could be a little bit more aggressive here and ask some harder questions. But there was a, a little insight here, I think, on what the Republicans, maybe an acknowledgement is what I'm trying to say here on what Republicans are doing. Some people seem fixated on Joe Biden's age. But I wanted to ask you. It's because they have nothing to run on. Katie, well, what immigration are they, now they're running on to. Which they could actually participate in fixing. Really? Right. And so there's the opportunity, and, and, and it's never taken. You would think Katie Couric's been at this for a long time. Katie, there's an opportunity to say, well, you know, you guys had control of Congress and the White House. What did you do? But so, no, but really. Yeah, I, but, you know, but, so, yeah, you're right. They're running on immigration because they like having the problem. Who in the world? See, this is one of the most ridiculous allegations. Is this, you know, I'm a pretty honest person. I'm very honest when it comes to these issues. Is this politically advantageous for Trump, for Republicans? Absolutely. Because of the abysmal record of this administration. But I'm speaking for myself. I'm speaking probably for a lot of you out there. We are sickened by what we see at the border, what Bill Malusian is reporting on a daily basis, seeing hundreds and hundreds of thousands of people cross the border. Now, this was interesting to me in a comedic way as I'm going through my um, all of the sites that I have to pay for out there, like the L.A. Times, the New York Times, et cetera, and see these ridiculous columns that sometimes I click on. So I did that this morning. Now, I'm going to kind of juxtapose this just a little bit with the fact that the L.A. Times is in big trouble. There's a lot of media that's in trouble out there. But the L.A. Times is facing big layoffs. And I'm going to nominate this reporter. I guess she's a columnist, Jackie Calms, for the next person to get the axe at the L.A. Times. Because it's just so and, – and I've made this point so many times before. It is just so dishonest what they do on a regular basis. Here's the good news, ladies and gentlemen. The American people are on to this. They understand the difference between open borders and legal immigration. There's a big difference. So – Jackie Calms writes this, and the headline is, When Immigrants Are Demonized, the U.S. Betrays Its Ideals and Economic Reality. So she writes it this way. We might as well just take down the Statue of Liberty, retire the mother of exiles in Amra Lazarus's 140-year-old worlds, extinguish her torch, welcoming from other nations your tired, your poor, your huddled masses yearning to breathe free, and forget the rhapsodizing, the rhapsodizing Sorry, we've long heard from social studies teachers and presidents, including John F. Kennedy and Ronald Reagan, as she throws a Reagan reference in here, about the United States being a land of immigrants, a shining city upon a hill. The promised land to millions of migrants for all of its history. So I don't need to read any more of this, but 
She goes on to say, today's open xenophobia is among the worst instances in our history. Why does Jackie, why did the L.A. Times, why does Joe Biden, why does KJP, why does AOC, why does every Democrat, why does Tish here in the city of St. Louis not understand the simple? There is no more simple concept. Because I guarantee you, Ronald Reagan wouldn't be for this. Uh, I can almost guarantee it JFK wouldn't be for this because there is nobody out there that thinks that the shining city on the hill means that we open the borders, the southern border, the northern border, I don't care what border is, and just allow people to stream across it. And then we hand them phones and we give them money and we displace students in New York City and we take over hospitals and we take over airport lobbies at Logan in Boston where they're just lined right now with illegals. So that's what they encourage at the L.A. Times in this administration. It is disgusting. You go, Greg Abbott. The Red State Rebellion is on. His karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. Hi-ya! And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams... Thanks for everything, Mom and Dad. ...will always be worth it. Apply today at PenFed.org savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this... Why? ...a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. From discussion about our neighbors to the south to uh, discussion about our neighbors to the north, and um, my friend Vance Crope with us on my radar yesterday. Sean Newman is with us. He's a podcaster in Canada. Some interesting things happening up there with a court ruling related to you know, the big trucker protest from a couple of years ago. And, uh, man, Tucker Carlson is filling arenas up there. We're going to talk about that as well. Hey, Sean Newman, how are you? Welcome to 97.1 FM Talk in St. Louis. Hey, Mark. Uh, thanks for uh, thanks for having me on. Let's start with our Canadian geography. Where are you? Help us out here. We in St. Louis are in the middle of the country. You're probably smarter than I am, but just help me out with where so you I, are. I, I, I tell you what, I'm Western Canada. I'm right on the border of Alberta, Saskatchewan. To your hockey fans out there, uh, the Edmonton Oilers is is pretty near and dear to us out here, and that's that's probably the closest thing. Uh, I, okay, uh, that helps. If, you're, if you're in that realm. That helps tremendously, and we are hockey fans here, as you know, with the St. Louis Blues. So l- let me kind of start here. Before we get into this court ruling and some of the things that you've been talking on the podcast and that folks in Canada are dialed in on, tell me about this Tucker Carlson deal. Were you involved in this uh, at all with the organization? Because he was in, what, Calgary and Edmonton filling stadiums. Yeah, he was in Calgary and uh, Edmonton. I would say that I, I, I know the organizers very well and uh, helped promote the event and, and get the word out about it. And it was, I mean, you know, like Tucker Carlson by himself would have probably filled the stadium, but then they brought in Jordan Peterson. They brought in the premier of uh, oh. Alberta, Daniel Smith, and then and then Conrad Black, who 
you know, uh, maybe your audience knows about, maybe they don't. But once upon a time, he was a giant media mogul. And uh, and so they had the four of them uh, come together in Rogers Place last night and then um, the four of them in Calgary as well. So, yeah, they filled up Calgary, followed by Edmonton, and it was, it was quite the sight. So what was the specific draw for, for that particular event? Was it everything that's going on with the aftermath of the, the Freedom Convoy, et cetera, or just, just overall variety of issues? Um, I would say that uh, Tucker coming and lending his voice to what's happening in Canada, right? If you take away what's going on with the justice system and everything else when it comes to, you know, the Emergencies Act, I mean, just take uh, medically assisted uh, suicide, right? Made, medically assisted in death is what they call it, right? right nice right. fancy name, made. You take away uh, uh, or you add in, uh, you know, safe supply, so uh, giving fentanyl to, to drug addicts and now they're getting closer and closer to kids and, and, and putting it, you know, in safe spots and parks and it just it's, it probably sounds like what did he just say to your audience but yeah that's happening in Canada and so for somebody as large as Tucker to come and bring attention to that um you know and and talk to it and just as an outside voice you know come from you know you just said neighbors you're talking different issues to the south and to the north we look at you guys and uh, you know there's a lot of big names down there and for one of them to come up and and talk to some of the things we're seeing here but to give it a voice uh, when, uh, you know, some of our state actors, our, our media isn't doing it, is really beneficial. Hey, welcome to our world here in the States, Sean Newman. Um, this is interesting, though, because, you know, and I talk about Trudeau and I talk about Canada from time to time. And maybe you know this already, Sean, just from talking with people like Tucker, et cetera. But I got to tell you, we shake our heads sometimes. And I am shocked. And there was a story that I had from a couple of weeks ago where, you know, we have these ring cameras and in the U.S. we use them quite a bit. If in Canada you you post an image from a ring camera of someone we call them porch pirates stealing stuff from your porch, that's not legal in Canada. Well, here's here's a better one for you, okay? A guy goes into a, a, a gas station to rob said gas station with a bat, and he okay. hits the owner with the bat. Then that owner grabs the bat, chases him out, and gives him a thumping. That guy is sitting in jail right now, the owner, not the guy who came in to rob it because he assaulted the other guy. That's Canada right now. And I wish, I mean, it, it just goes on and on and on, Mark. Like, it just, you know, just when you think you've hit the bottom, we go another level. Well, seemingly, I think we, we've done that here as well, and it's just baffling to me. But let, let's talk about what happened with this court ruling relating to the Freedom Convoy. And was that back, was that in 21 or 22? So, so 22 is when the, uh, um, the Emergencies Act got uh, put in place and to get the protest out of Ottawa. So that lasted, you know, the month of February, essentially. Right. And, and that gave them, like, you know, the ability to just walk in and, like, trample you know, peaceful protesters. And so you, you go back a year ago, um, the Public Order Emergency Commission was uh, did this huge investigation because every time the Emergencies Act is put in, you know, used, they have to do an investigation. So Justice Paul Rollo back then said it, w- it met the very high threshold. And I, I kind of mock it because it was ridiculous. If you watched it, and it was hours upon hours, um, it, the, all of our like intelligence agencies, the RCMP, CSIS, all this said it didn't make it. So you're like, it doesn't make any sense. So what was shocking about this one, and this is Justice Richard Mosley, not that your listeners care what the name is, but you know, you got the Republicans and Democrats. Here we got the big two is the liberals and the conservatives. Right. Liberals are the current government, 
And the liberals appointed, they, they take this case to a liberal appointed judge. So that's Richard Mosley. And you think, like, I'm sitting here going, well, we're not going to get a new, right, a, a right. new uh, ruling. And all of a sudden, he comes out and says it wasn't justified. And you're like, what? Like, I had to take a look at my screen probably five times. You know, I literally just got off a podcast talking about it because you're like, is this the same? Am I living in the same world? Like, what? Is, do we just have a little bit of common sense come in and say that it wasn't justified? And that's a you know, and and that's the ruling. And this is this is like monumental uh, news for Canada. Now, what comes of it now? You know, the government immediately, Christian Freeland comes out and says they're going to appeal the ruling and and different things like that. But regardless, he comes out and said it was unreasonable. It was outside the scope of law. And this is a liberal appointed judge, which I would have swore we were going to get the same uh, ruling we had roughly a year ago. Sean Newman is here. He is a podcaster up in Canada. So let's back up just a little bit and refresh our memories here in St. Louis for what happened. This was a, a three-week occupation of uh, something called Parliament Hill. And downtown Ottawa had all kinds of trucks and RVs and everything was congested. And then for the first time, right, this was the first time that they used these Emergency Powers Act to, to get everyone out of there, right? And that was part of the question of the lawsuit. Yeah, and and, and uh, I might throw it to your listeners. And uh, there's a to to in order to get it pushed through, um, there's four guys in prison right now uh, in Alberta, and they're 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 dubbed the Coots Four. They've been in they've been in jail now for 700 plus days. It looks like a total political job, if I'm being completely honest. And um, because of what they do at the Coots blockade down in in southern Alberta at a, uh, at an entry, a port of entry. Um, or not ported, an entry uh, from the states into Canada. Um, because of that, they're justified in bringing about this because they, they sold a story that they're going to murder a bunch of cops and a whole bunch of things. So everybody's backs went up. Out comes the Emergencies Act, and they basically walk in uh, to, to Ottawa and, you know, like literally trample the grandmother. Like, it's on camera. Like, I mean, it's, it's, you can't even go like, well, that's just a made-up story. It's like literally on camera. And so this peaceful... Pro, uh, peaceful occupation and i got to go to ottawa and when they talk of bouncy houses and like kids and like it was the safest place i've ever been in my life like i mean you just you went holy man the world exists this is pretty cool yeah and you had there's so many wonderful stories from there and then the emergency act comes in because you know you'd think your world leader would go talk to these people no he wouldn't and so then he brought in riot police and everything else and and they they disposed of the the protesters, they locked up a bunch, you know, and uh, it's, it's you know, roughly two years later now, we're finally getting a, a, a judge that is, like, looking into this and going, like, this makes zero sense. And, you know, the word I keep bringing up is unreasonable. So, you know, what, let me back up again, just because I want people to understand. This was all over COVID mandates, right? A, largely COVID mandates, vaccine mandates, sure, mass yeah. mandates, things like that, justifiably so. And we were pissed off well, about and, some of these things here in the States as well. And sorry, Mark, I, I don't know... Uh, for your audience, I don't want to. I don't want to give a forty-minute uh, story. I just don't know the timeline. But you know, quickly, yes, it's, it's based over truckers being able to go across the border in the United States, and they were demanding that they needed vaccine mandates. And the, the one thing about our country, as I'm sure your audience can understand, our country is huge. So you know, just like your country, yeah. things, all your goods, all your food, all all this, the industry is ran large part by trucking truckers and so uh when they attacked 
you know, telling uh, truckers how to run their operations and how they're going to get across the border. Uh, a, a friend of mine, uh, now a friend of mine, at the time I didn't know who he was, a guy by the name of Chris Barber, uh, and a group of about four or five others, one of them who went to prison uh, for some time and is on trial right now is Tamara Leach. She's this small, lovely lady. They decided to create a convoy to go across Canada. And, um, you know, in that, that time, that's about as insane a thought as you're going to get. We have the Trans-Canada Highway that goes from coast to coast. At times, it's single lane. Uh, at that time of the year, you know, you got sunlight for, I don't know, maybe eight hours of the day, right, right, maybe. Yeah. And it's minus like 30 to minus 40 degrees. And I, I'll remind your listeners that minus 42 Fahrenheit and Celsius meet. So you can get an idea of how cold it is. We all show up in Ottawa and then park our trucks there and um, continue to freeze our butts off in the best possible way while just, you know, voicing our concern at what's happening with all these mandates that are continuing to force, you know, in order to play hockey at the elite level, you had to be vaccinated. Uh, And let's face it, two years later, you know this, how much of this stuff has seemed even more ridiculous? Look, dude, I don't know about in Canada, you don't have as many beaches. (laughs) We were keeping people off the beaches here and arresting them in California. Outside, people were making sure that if you ran around Central Park in New York, boy, there were some uh, mass Nazis there. If you didn't have your mask on, when you're running outside, they were reporting you to authorities. I mean, some of this stuff is laughable when you think about it. Um, yeah, I mean, like, we live in the complete upside down at times. And Canada is a, a good reminder to all you f- fine folks to the south of what not to do, because we, we seem to do an awful lot of things where you scratch your head and go, why are we doing that? The one I stare at is I live right on the border, border city. So half my town is in one province, half the town is in the other. So, you know, COVID, as you know, it hit a border and it stopped. It didn't, it didn't, it didn't jump. It didn't oh, want to jump the, the provinces, yeah. right? It only, it only came out, you know, after a certain time at night at bars as well. You, you're, you're That's right. Yeah, That's yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we had a pool, swimming pool. They shut down everything in Alberta, restaurants, everything. But our pool was governed under Saskatchewan, even though it's, it's, it's firmly planted in Alberta. But because of Lloyd, it's this anomaly. So we weren't allowed to go to a restaurant about 20 minutes down the road. But you could go swimming in a pool. And I remember sitting in the pool because I've got young kids yeah. and going, you know, geez, I guess, I guess COVID doesn't like to swim. You know, it's just the insanity was at peak stupidity in the middle of uh, two years ago. Absolutely. Well, then one final question, Sean, and you've been a fantastic guest. This has really been interesting. Um, what, as a result of that ruling by the judge, then what potentially could happen? We call that kind of a remedy in, in our courts here. But what, what could potentially happen because of the ruling? Well, that's what I'm waiting to see. So uh, I would say what I'm hopeful of is in Alberta, there was a ruling on a court case called Ingram. And it just they it, it just showed that there was a, um, a misstep in the handling of COVID in Alberta. And what happened was everybody who was charged with Alberta overnight and over the course of the month, all of the charges got dropped. It just fell away, like just washed away, done, gone. This is over. And all these people who had been fined and were facing possible jail time and everything disappeared. And with something like this, they're going to try and uh, appeal it, right? The government says they're going to come out and appeal it. So it's going to take a little bit more time is my, uh, you know, not my expert opinion. You know, I'm no lawyer by any stretch, but I assume it's going to take a little bit more time. But I think what we're all hopeful of is all these crazy charges that have gone, you know, um, court cases that have been extended over years now. I think we're all very hopeful that this is going to be just taken away. All these court cases disappear overnight. And probably the other big thing is there is going to be a giant billion dollar is going to be my guess lawsuit filed against the government 
saying, you know, because they froze bank accounts. Don't don't forget yeah. about that, right? You donate fifty bucks, boom, your bank account's frozen. Well, that was unreasonable. Yeah, right. And you go like, what's going to happen? There's going to be a giant lawsuit, right? That I I got time for lawyers at different times, Mark. And one of the things I heard about lawyers was, you know, when there's blood in the water, they all come. There's blood in the water right now, and there will be money to be made off of this. And for a lot of people, that's a great thing because, I mean, they lost their businesses, livelihood, got locked out of their bank accounts. Their kids couldn't. Their wife couldn't. Nobody could access it because they donated 50 to $500 to something on the other side of the country, right? And weren't even a part of it. And it I had forgotten about – yeah, and I think I'd even forgotten about that aspect of it because – and we, we covered yep. it pretty pretty good at the time. Well, Sean, good luck up there, and maybe this is some encouraging news. We're, uh, we're on your side down here in the States. Come visit sometime. I really appreciate it. Thanks, Mark. Thanks for having me on. Take care. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast old man winter here if i had it my way it would stay winter all year long short days wind chill black ice and a good polar vortex (laughs) heaven wait is it getting warm in here your cold snap is over old man winter spring has arrived Spring Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. I'm Tony Kornheiser. This is my show. My friends come on and you know them. We talk about the sports you care about, basketball now, golf, and the metronome of your life, baseball. Whether it's opening day, the big tournament, or one of the majors, we have the best to preview it and break down just what happened. And let's not forget the important stuff, the amount of daylight where I live, the importance of speedies, and the rankings of beach-style pizza. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. 
It is so juvenile in Jeff City right now. By the way, it's on both sides. I mean, Eigel is a, uh, a troublemaker. He loves being a troublemaker. Here's something funny. I was told that uh, Senior Laughlin, who is second in command, if you will, in the Missouri Senate on the Republican side. We had the uh, Senate pro tem, uh, Caleb Rodnan from Columbia yesterday, but Cindy told Bill, I guess it takes, I was a little confused about this, but it takes 23 votes to um, to to kick him out of the chamber. And um, I guess she threatened to do that. So they're going back and forth. And yeah, Eigel says that they're going to take the furniture from his office. You know, to a certain extent, I think that Bill likes this because, and that's what some of the other Republicans are saying, he is running for governor. It gives him fuel for, for that fire. But good Lord, are we going to get anything done? And here's one thing they're not going to get done. And this will kind of wind into our next topic. Alex Gold is here with Kansas City's 610 Sports Radio. We're going to talk about a couple of things related to stadiums. But Alex is also an expert in some of the sports wagering stuff. We had him on before. Dude, they're still not going to get this damn thing done this year. Oh, no way. Yeah, no way it's happening. Yeah, there's no chance. I mean, and then all the stuff going on right now, certainly, you know, as you guys are even more into than I am. But, you know, the the fact is, I mean, the current makeup in the Senate and the VLT opposition and everything, yeah, it's going to have to happen via – uh, ballot measure, and, and I'm sure you guys are well aware of what's going on there with, with some of the, the, the backing and, and a signature collection right now for potentially a constitutional yeah. amendment. Yeah, the initiative petition Otherwise. reform it might might change that. But, you know, th- this True. is the part that, and I hear this from listeners and, and other people. We've got a lot of people, and I know some people don't want sports wagering, but um, I think it's time, as you know, Alex. But I, I have people listening that will say, wait a second, you know, what is up with this VLTs? It's such a baffling thing, and I don't really even understand it. These things are technically not legal. There's kind of a gray area. That's why they call them gray machines. I right. see them everywhere now. I don't know how often you see them in Kansas City, but I'm seeing a lot more here in St. Louis. And because of that, and because of Senator Denny Hoskins, the issue of sports wagering can't move forward. That's just utterly frustrating, ridiculous, and kind of embarrassing when it comes right down to it. No doubt. Yeah, no doubt. It's been an ongoing thing. This Missouri's in a unique spot. I mean, there's other states that have not legalized sports wagering, but this is the only, like, this is such a unique situation. Nobody else is arguing over VLTs in combination with sports wagering. It's only, it's only in the state of Missouri. And if the damn Tampa Bay Bucks would have just lost by less than six points, I would have cashed nice parlay in Las Vegas because that's where my money goes via Venmo to my friend out there. And we've talked about <laughs> that. The, the state's losing a lot of money. All right, let's talk about there's a bit of an update on some of the stadium stuff. And I, I find, well, I'm interested in this. I think there's a fair amount of interest. We, we know um, a lot of Kansas City Chiefs fans here. We'll talk about the game this weekend in a second. But what's going on, Alex, with the sports complex right now? So where things stand is April 2nd is the day to watch. That'll be the, the ballot measure to extend a three-eighths-cent sales tax, which would go to the Chiefs and the Royals. The Royals want to build a new stadium downtown. The Chiefs' current plans are to renovate Arrowhead Stadium. And this has been a huge story for a while because uh, there's been some pushback through the Jackson County legislator, specifically former Royal and Hall of Famer, uh, Frank White, who's the Jackson County executive. And you know, he's been holding some things up, and, and there's some fair questions that still need to be answered, but he had a veto on the ability for this to move forward to April, which was overridden uh, on Monday of this week, and so that's why it is headed to a ballot in April, uh, and the questions out there are fair, though, you know? I mean, the, the Royals have not selected a site. We know downtown, we know Jackson County and KC, and KC Mo, but uh, even though reports suggest they're zeroing in on a site, that has been the case for months. And so they have promised to uh, let the county know by February 29th uh, which site they are picking. 
and I believe early voting starts a week or so before that. So that's a hot, hot button issue here. And I think the Royals need to let people know specifically hey. what site before anybody's voting on this. And the Chiefs still hey, need hang on, hang on, Alex. I got to apologize yeah. because I um. We uh, we got a bad phone line or something. You all of a sudden you just started clicking out. We've got generally uh, really good issues with our phones here that I have to struggle with from time to time. I don't know if it's going to get better. I'm going to see if it's going to get a little bit better because all of a sudden we couldn't hear you at all. Let's test it again. Yeah, can you hear me? No, we do not have it. Abby, if you're listening, Alex, I'm going to have Abby call you back and see if we can get a better line because that that is really frustrating, and I'm not exactly sure what goes on. Every once in a while, and hopefully, I'm sure listeners have been dialed into this, um, but. We, we have this little clicking that sort of appears on these phone lines. It drives me up the wall, but that was on steroids. There's no doubt about that, and I couldn't even understand what the heck he was saying. So we'll get Alex back on the phone and maybe see if we can try again. I will tell you, one of the questions I'm going to ask him in uh, the later part of the interview is about these three Kansas City Chiefs fans found dead in Kansas City after the game from a few weeks ago. Um, hang on. Hopefully, I, I'm just trying to tell if Abby's... This is another thing that's frustrating. Sue's not here today. I'm just going to tell you. I'll be honest with you. Even though if the bosses were listening, they'd say, shut up, don't talk about this stuff. I have no communication with my <laughs> with my producer. And because Sue's not here, I, I don't know exactly what's going on because nobody is telling me. So I'm going to see if I can get Fred to come to the studio. Is he on or not? We can't get him on? Okay, there's a bad connection, so we don't have him. That's, that's unfortunate. So are we just going to give up then? <laughs> I don't know. Ah, uh, professional radio at its best. Alex, let's see if we got you there. Do we got you? Yeah, apologies. I don't know why we're having issues there. I'm sure it's on our end. Uh, I am positive. So just kind of re- recap what you were saying just about the Royals there. And I know you mentioned George Brett. We missed all of that. Yeah, so so Frank White is the Jackson County executive, oh, former Royals, okay. Hall, I got you. Royals Hall of Famer. Yep. And uh, he's been taking a lot of heat here locally because a, a lot of the reporting and, and information has been that maybe he's held this thing up for a while in terms of not wanting it to get to a vote. Uh, in April, uh, that's why he vetoed the measure initially. It got overridden on Monday, um, and so that's why this vote is actually going to happen. Some of his concerns, I think, are valid. However, you know, I don't know if there was a whole lot of good faith negotiation going on. You know, he was fired as a broadcaster over 10 years ago uh, by the organization. There's a lot of people that think there's still a little bit of a, a grudge there. Um, but now it is going to be voted on on April 2nd, um, and I believe I cut out before I mentioned you know, the, there's fair questions that need to be answered, like the Royals determining exactly where they want this stadium, guys. I mean, this thing hasn't been uh, selected yet from a site perspective. They have promised Jackson County that they will let them know by February 29th. Um, well, early voting starts before February 29th. So I think it's a fair criticism. And the Royals, this, this is their time now. They, they've got to step up uh, and let people know specifically the site. And then the Chiefs need to know, uh, their plans on a renovation. What does that look like? It's yeah, one right. thing to say renovations, but all right, you know, we all can assume, you know, probably some updated suites and things like that. But I think everybody needs to have those answers. And if they don't, uh, then then I think people will vote no. Otherwise, I think it's got a great chance to pass just because uh, the Chiefs can really do no wrong right now in Kansas City. By the way, uh, I think it's a given that there's going to have to be a Taylor Swift you know, sweet in any kind of renovation. I mean, let's just face it, that's going to happen. Hey, what's up? Before I let you go, just a couple of things here, and I apologize for the phone difficulties. I'm going to spend a little bit of time with Paul Morrow, who's from Fox, retired NYPD inspector. He's great on this crime stuff. On these three guys who died after the final regular season game, we just kind of heard about that yesterday here across the nation and in St. Louis. What What's up with that? Do you have any more insight? 
I don't think I necessarily have any new information. You know, it's all speculation at, at, at this point. But I will say, I mean, it's been the news been out there for two weeks here locally because it happened after that Miami Dolphins game in the wild card round, and that's when those those bitter temperatures were going on. And we everybody's been talking about it around the office, and we share a, a newsroom with uh, our sister station KMBZ, and so we've been talking with them about this. There's really no new information. I think the toxicology report is going to have to determine uh, ultimately what, you know, what, what happened here, where it just seems, I mean, from the outside, it seems like it was three friends, four friends, you know, hanging out, watching the Chiefs game. And, uh, you know, so, something occurred there and the way it's trending and why I think the toxicology report uh, is important is, you know, was this a situation where unfortunately was, was something, uh, you know, in, ingested? Was, yeah. was, was yeah. there any sort of drugs involved in something laced with you know, again, I hate speculating on this, but you know, I think we all that's, understand that's why. That's the question, I, right? Yeah, absolutely. Right. Well, it's weird. There's no doubt it's a weird story. All right, 60 seconds. Tell me the Chiefs are going to beat the Ravens this weekend. Look, on paper, everything tells you they shouldn't. I'll be honest. You know, the, the Ravens are the healthier team. Uh, they're the home team and all that. But there is number 15 for Kansas City. And ultimately, that's what, what matters in this thing. You know, Tom Brady for many years was on bad Patriots teams, and they found ways to win. It's a big reason why he's got as many rings as he has. And I think Patrick Mahomes will likely be the same. And I think we just saw it even play out this past week against Buffalo. So I think anybody counting out Patrick Mahomes is foolish. But they're going to have to do what they've done throughout the postseason so far. And that is limit the penalties, limit the drops, which was a concern all year. If they can do that, I think you're foolish to count out Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs could be headed to another Super Bowl this time out in Vegas. I don't think you can rule it out. Look, I I, I, I keep thinking that the Ravens are going to stumble a little bit. They look pretty good. I don't know how you're going to stop Lamar just from running up the middle there, and it's going to be a tough game. But, look, last week it's all kind of fun considering how many times they've been in this game, the Chiefs, in the past few years. Alex Gold, thank you so much for the latest here. Apologize for the phone lines. We'll get you back. Thank you. Yeah, thank you, guys. Get more at 971talk.com. His karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. Hi-ya! And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams... Thanks for everything, Mom and Dad. ...will always be worth it. Apply today at penfed.org slash savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and the restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale with Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases and shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval, no minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details.